What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movie Come On, Come On, and my top 10 movies of 2021. First, let's talk about the movie Come On, Come On. Here's a quick synopsis. Johnny, an estranged uncle, is asked by his sister to watch his nephew, Jesse, while he's traveling the country for his job in radio. The film stars Joaquin Phoenix, Woody Norman, and Gabby Hoffman. And all three give standout performances. Joaquin Phoenix could not have picked a better role coming off of Joker. He won an Oscar for playing a troubled dark character. And in this, he's complex, but he's playing a regular guy. The way I would describe the character of Johnny in this movie is it's Joaquin Phoenix's indie version of Uncle Buck. And interestingly enough, his co-star in this film, Gabby Hoffman, was in that movie with Macaulay Culkin and the late great John Candy. What's interesting about Phoenix's career is that he gets critical acclaim for playing intense characters in Gladiator, The Master, and Joker, but he is truly just as good as playing sensitive, relatable characters like in this film and the movie Her, where he did not get an Oscar nomination, even though I think that's the best performance of his career. When it comes to giving actors awards, we don't usually reward characters who are playing simple human beings that we always reward people who are playing intense characters. When Daniel Day-Lewis plays an intense character, he ends up winning an Oscar. But then you have performances this year that I think are being overlooked. Like Andrew Garfield is delightful in Tick, Tick, Boom. It doesn't have to be the darkest performance equals the best performance of the year. And Joaquin Phoenix in this movie is really chill. And I like chill Joaquin Phoenix just as much as I love the Joaquin Phoenix from The Mad. Master and Joker. I just feel we sometimes over-reward those dark performances. Yes, I love Heath Ledger as Joker in The Dark Knight, and yes, I love Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men, but Joaquin Phoenix is just as good in a movie like her and in this movie than those performances. And what I feel like ends up happening is people look at that and they go, well, Joaquin Phoenix isn't going to play light characters if he isn't going to be rewarded for it. So yeah, he's going to gravitate towards playing a character like the Joker and then he finally plays the Joker and guess what happens he wins an Oscar I want as many movies like her as there are the Jokers and the same thing that's been happening is also happening this year like the performances that are getting rewarded are Benedict Cumberbatch and Will Smith and they're playing kind of complicated figures especially Benedict Cumberbatch and it is a brilliant performance but I do not think it's that much better than Joaquin Phoenix and Come On, Come On and Andrew Garfield and Tick, Tick, Boom. But it is way more likely than Benedict Cumberbatch is going to win an Oscar than it is for Joaquin Phoenix and Andrew Garfield to walk away with the award. And that kind of upsets me. Those darker performances are always way more showy. It just feels like the Academy Awards and all movie award bodies don't know how to reward subtlety. And that's what Joaquin Phoenix is being in. Come on, come on. He is being subtle. It's not as showy as he was in The Master or Joker, but he's still just as effective, if not more effective, as playing Johnny in this movie. Joaquin
Joaquin Phoenix is doing something in this movie that's almost impossible to do. He is being natural. Woody Norman plays Jesse, who is the nephew of Joaquin Phoenix's Johnny in this movie, and he gives the best kid performance of the year, and that's saying a lot because you also have Jude Hill in Belfast. He played the character as real as possible, and that sounds simple, but a lot of kids act showy and give look-at-me performances, but that's not the case with Woody. He was an emotionally raw, and he went toe-to-toe with one of the best actors. I'm always impressed when the kids are just as good as their movie star counterpoint, like Helena Zangle with Tom Hanks in News of the World. It elevates the movie because you know the major movie star is going to be great, and then you get the surprise of the unknown being just as good, like Raffi Cassidy with Natalie Portman and Vox Lux. The third star of this movie is Abby Hoffman, and the biggest compliment I can give her about her performance is even the scenes when she's just talking to Phoenix's Johnny on the phone are riveting and compelling. This is one of the best supporting performances of the year. I also have to say I loved her on Girls, and other than Adam Driver, she gave the best performance on that show. Let's talk about the writer and director of Come On, Come On. Mike Mills is one of the best filmmakers. I've been a fan of all of his films. His debut, Thumbsucker, was impressive with Lou Taylor Pucci, Vince Vaughn, Tilda Swinton, Vincent D'Onofrio, and Keanu Reeves, but it's really his last three films that have been near masterpieces. Beginners with Ewan McGregor, Christopher Plummer, who won an Oscar for his performance, and Melanie Laurent, 20th Century Women with Annette Bening, Elle Fanning, Greta Gerwig, Lucas Jade Zuman, and Billy Crudup, and now Come On, Come On. All three of these films are about members of his family. Beginners is about Mills' father. 20th Century Women is about his mother. And Come On, Come On is about his child and sister. No filmmaker better portrays what life is like on screen better than Mills. He doesn't have a style. He just makes wonderful films with movie stars. And what I love about all three films is that they show how these relationships in a family evolves. Beginners is about a son basically becoming the father to his own dad. 20th Century Women is about how growing up you become more independent from your mother. And Come On, Come On is about siblings reconnecting. He understands how these relationships are always in flux. Mills also has a knack of getting surprise performances from people you would never expect it from. I have always been a fan of Ewan McGregor. I love him in the Star Wars prequels. I've always been a fan. He's wonderful in his movies with Danny Boyle, especially Train Spotting, but he has never been better than in the movie Beginners. Like, I was blown away by that performance. And then in 20th Century Women, I love Annette Bening in that movie. I love Greta Gerwig in that movie, but the performance that blew me away was Elle Fanning. I have never seen her as good as she was in that movie, and I still haven't seen it since. She's fantastic in The Great, but what she's doing in 20th Century Women is so incredible. For this film, Come On, Come On, I definitely feel like Mills deserves to be recognized at the Oscars for Best Director and Best Original Screenplay. His only career nomination came in 2017 for Best Original Screenplay for 20th Century Women. This guy is one of the best filmmakers today and doesn't get recognized like he should be. And I feel like there's a lot of reasons why. He doesn't really make upbeat films. I mean, Come On, Come On is far and away his most positive film to date. But his other films are not always upbeat. I feel like they're complicated movies. Beginners isn't everyone's cup of tea and 
neither is 20th century women. He makes movies about complicated families and this movie, Come On, Come On, in a way kind of reminds me of another Joaquin Phoenix film, Parenthood, because that film is about an imperfect family. That film, of course, starred Steve Martin. Keanu Reeves is fantastic in that movie. Diane Weist is great in that film. It's weird that Come On, Come On really reminds me of those 80 movies about complicated families. You really don't get that anymore. I mean, the two films I've compared Come On, Come On to in this podcast are Uncle Buck and Parenthood, and those are the type of films that are no longer being made. When you watch a movie about a family today, it's more like modern family type of family, like those sitcom families. Everything is going okay, and there's just one itty-bitty problem. But in this film, Come On, Come On, it's a messy family. They have gone through something. They have not talked to each other in a really long time. You don't see that in the prototype movie family anymore the way that you did in the 80s with Uncle Buck and Parenthood. So I do feel like you can kind of say that he's a director that would be much more beloved in a different era of filmmaking. Like, remember in the 80s, we had John Hughes who was making complicated films about families and about kids. And Mike Mills is trying to do the same thing, but he's in nowhere near as revered as Hughes was in the 80s. And I feel like that's a crime because Mike Mills is a fantastic filmmaker and his films are must-see. The movie Come On, Come On is an honest depiction of so many things. How two siblings can have vastly different opinions on their childhood and their parents. How parenthood is scary and how you are faking like you have all the answers but in reality you are just as afraid of life as the kid. You also don't see this in movies all the time but when you go a while without seeing a relative and then you begin to connect again, this time period is super awkward. Also, I've read some of the reviews of this movie about how weird it is when the character of Jesse, played by Norman, pretends to be an orphan. I found this part to be super realistic. I have been around kid relatives who want you to play pretend and it can get pretty intense. I feel like people find those moments to be jarring because they're not used to seeing real life on screen like that. In the movie, Joaquin plays a radio journalist and there are some segments of the film where he interviews kids about some heavy subject matters, mostly how they feel about the future. And I really like this part of the movie because it shows how different a modern child is that they have so much technology and access. The modern child is way more well-informed than most adults give them credit for being. Jesse in this movie is too well-informed of what is going on with his parents and why he is staying with his uncle that Johnny cannot sugarcoat that. He's afraid that he's basically now living his life with a stranger. The guy might have the title of uncle, but he really doesn't know the character of Johnny. I love that in this movie, that it explored those kind of ideas and how a kid in this situation would really feel. They didn't give me the sugarcoating Disney version of this movie. I also really liked how they dealt with Joaquin's character of Johnny. They didn't make him a deadbeat and that's why he doesn't have kids. He doesn't have one big contrived issue that's holding him back. He's not a gambler or a heavy drinker. He's just a normal guy with normal issues and that's rare to see in a movie like this. Even an Uncle Buck like John Candy's Uncle Buck had to have an issue where he would bet on the horses. Like some of these characters they give them such a blatant issue that they have to fix. There is no fixing the character of Johnny in this film. 
He is a real human being, and I really appreciated that the movie went there with a character like this. Come On, Come On is one of those rare movies that's impossible not to like, and it's impossible not to relate to. There are three perfect performances in this movie, given by Joaquin Phoenix, given by Witty Norman, and given by Gabby Hoffman. Mike Mills is on his A-game with this movie. I highly recommend you check out Come On, Come On. Now let's switch gears and talk about my top 10 films of 2021. The year is coming to an end, so I thought it'd be good to list my 10 favorite films of 2021. These are the films I've most enjoyed. But before I get into the list, here are the films that just miss being in my top 10. Dune, The House of Gucci, The Power of the Dog, Stillwater, Passing, and King Richard. I really like those movies, but they were not good enough to make my top 10. So here is my top 10 films of 2021. Number 10, Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch. It has arguably the best cast of the year and everything that makes Wes Anderson Wes Anderson is in this movie it has his signature style while also bringing something new being filmed mostly in black and white. Jeffrey Wright gives a career best performance along with great turns from Adrian Brody, Benicio Del Toro and Leia Sadu. In my mind Wes Anderson can do nothing wrong and he did nothing wrong with the French Dispatch. Number 9 Kenneth Branagh's Belfast. I think this was the best acted film of two. 2021. It has a lot of heart. There's no way you can watch this movie and not enjoy it. Jude Hill, Katrina Balf, Jamie Dornan, Kieran Hines, and Judy Dench are all terrific. It is the feel-good movie of the year. It has established actors like Dench and Hines while also having rising stars in Dornan and Balf. Belfast is far and away Kenneth Branagh's best film as a director. Number 8 is Steven Soderbergh's No Sudden Move. I think this is one of the best written movies movies of the year. It is the perfect gangster film. Don Cheadle and Benicio Del Toro give near perfect leading performances and then Matt Damon comes in at the end of the movie and steals the entire film. It's one of my favorite scenes of the year. I really like Matt Damon in Stillwater. I thought he was okay in The Last Duel. I absolutely love Matt Damon in No Sudden Move. Number seven is James Samuel's The Harder They Fall. It's what every modern western should strive for. It's paying homage to the classics while also reinventing the genre. Jonathan Majors and Zazie Beetz are incredible in this film. Idris Elba and Lockheed Stanfield are perfect bad guys. This is the best western since Hostiles. And it has a perfect ending which is the key to any great western. Number 6 is Lin-Manuel Miranda's Tick Tick Boom. My favorite musical of the year. Andrew Garfield gives the most impressive performance of the year. It's the rare movie music where every song is memorable. Along with Garfield, you also have impressive performances from David DeJesus and Vanessa Hudgens. I really liked Into the Heights and I loved Anthony Ramos in that film, but Andrew Garfield and Tick Tick Boom blew me away and the entire film blew me away. What a directorial debut for Lin-Manuel Miranda. Number 5, Ridley Scott's The Last Duel. As much as I enjoyed The House of Gucci, this is far and away the best Ridley Scott movie of the year. 
year. The structure of the movie is genius, and every performance is gold, especially the ones given by Jodie Comer and Ben Affleck, who definitely has the funniest fake movie accent of the year. Gucci might be the more popular movie right now, but I think in the long run, The Last Duel will be better remembered. Number four, David Lowry's The Green Knight, a movie that is epic, but not in a way you would expect. Dev Patel gives the best performance of his career, and Alicia Vikander gives her best performance since Ex Machina. I feel like this is the most underrated performance of 2021. She is playing dual roles. No one is talking about her when they are talking about the best supporting actress at the Oscars. She should definitely be nominated, and she gives my favorite best supporting actress performance of 2021. The Green Knight, for me, has the best movie ending of 2021. Number three is Pablo Lorraine Spencer. When you make a movie about Princess Diana, it has to be near flawless, and that's what this movie is. Kristen Stewart nails the role with more than just a great accent. She's just a movie star. I especially love her scenes with the kids playing Prince William and Harry. This, in my opinion, is also the best-looking movie of 2021. If this movie does not win Best Cinematography at the Oscars, that will be a crime. It was just so much more than I expected. I expected a movie where I would learn all these useless facts about Princess Diana, and instead, I feel like I got to watch a movie about her as a human being. That is a rare and biopic. I love everything about the movie Spencer. And number two is the movie I just talked about, Come On, Come On, and I don't feel like there's any movie that better shows just how scary it is to look after a child than Come On, Come On. Joaquin Phoenix, Gabby Hoffman, and Woody Norman are all great in this movie. Movies can be complicated and make you feel good as well, and that's what Come On, Come On is doing, and that's what Mike Mills is doing, and that's why Come On, Come On is one of the best films of 2021. And like I said earlier, it's also the most relatable film of the year. And my number one movie of 2021 is Michael Sarnowski's Pig. This movie is the best film about grief I've ever seen. Nicolas Cage reminds us he's a movie star. It's his best film performance since Spike Jonze's adaptation. And the movie also features two of the most underrated supporting performances of the year. First off, Alex Wolf is great in this film. He's better in this movie than he is in Hereditary or M. Night Shyamalan's Old. It's the best performance of his career thus far. And then you also have Adam Arkin. I was blown away by seeing how good Adam Arkin is in this movie. I really only saw Adam Arkin in the movie like Hitch with Will Smith. And I was like, okay, Adam Arkin's in this movie. I don't really care. And then he was on screen and it is one of the best performances of 2021. Pig is just so unexpectedly brilliant. You didn't see it coming because you haven't been used to getting a good Nicolas Cage movie in quite a long time. And you don't know Michael Sarnowski as a director. Everything about this movie is perfect and I can't quite explain it. It's one of those films that I just can't stop thinking about and I think those are the best kind. So there you have it, my top 10 films of 2021. One more time, number 10, The French Dispatch, number 9, Belfast, number 8, No Sudden Move, number 7, The Harder They Fall, number 6, Tick Tick Boom, number 5, The Last Duel, number 4, The Green Knight, number 3, Spencer, number 2, Come On, Come On, and number 1, Pig. Check out these films and go back into the archives and listen to my podcast reviews of all of these movies.
movies. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And this week, I put the spotlight on the movie Come On, Come On and my top 10 movies of 2021. Next week, I'm putting the spotlight on the career of actor Kieran Culkin and the movie Don't Look Up, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Rob Morgan, Meryl Streep, and Jonah Hill, written and directed by Adam McKay. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe.